Section 5 of The Toza Diary by Kino Tsurayuki, translated by William N. Porter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Avai in July 2012. 13th March, 6th day. They left Miyotsukush, reached the port of Naniwa, and entered the mouth of the river. Footnote. Miyotsukush means a tide gorge. It was set up off the port of Naniwa and is frequently mentioned in old Japanese poetry. End footnote. Every one, men, women and children, lifted their hands to their foreheads and exclaimed in delight, There is nothing like this. The old lady of Avaji Isle was seasick but on hearing that they were getting near the capital she raised her head from the bottom of the boat and in her delight recited this verse many doubts had i on the day we first set forth now our gallant ship gently glides from danger far mid the reeds of naniwa everybody was astonished when she came out with this so unexpectedly and among them the passenger who was also feeling unwell praised it very highly and said it was not what he had expected from one with such a seasick countenance fourteenth march seventh day this day the boat left the mouth of the river but as they rowed on the river tide was ebbing and they were in great difficulty to get the boat up was very hard at this the sick passenger who was not very practical by nature was wholly at a loss to know what should be done however he was so pleased with the matron of avaji's verse that he comforted himself with the thought that he would soon be at the capital and so with some difficulty he turned out this very doubtful verse here at last are we but how shallow runs the stream in the river-bed further can the boat not go here must we remain also it was because he was so unwell that he composed this poor sort of thing as he was not satisfied with it here is another fast we'd hurry on if the river's shallow bed did not stay our boat as the stream runs dry maybe it has got a grudge at me these verses should be understood as composed when he could not repress his joy at getting so near the capital but they are not as good as the one by her ladyship of Avaji, and, feeling jealous of her, he regretted having made them. So, as the night was drawing on, he retired to sleep. 15th March, 8th day. Still keeping to the riverside, they stopped at a place called the Gamekeeper's Preserve. That evening the passenger suffered severely from his chronic complaint. Footnote a note in the kogi edition said that this chronic complaint was some disease of old age otherwise one would have thought it might have had reference to the remains of his attack of seasickness from which he had not yet recovered to fish with a grain of rice is equivalent to our expression to fish with a sprat for a whale End footnote. there was a man who came with some trifling gift who got some rice in return that is, a large present, and the man whispered among themselves that he had come to fish with a grain of rice. But this sort of thing may happen anywhere. This day he was fasting and ate no fish. 
16th March, ninth day. From early dawn he was very anxious. They ascended the river towing the boat, but, as there was hardly any water in the river, they had to push and haul it along. At last they came to a place called the Parting of the Ways, at the stopping-place of Vada, and there rice and fish were supplied to them at their request. While towing the boat up like this, they saw on their way a place called the Shore Residence. This residence, as one pictured to oneself the days of old, was a very delightful spot. On the hill behind were many pine trees, while in the garden in front the plum trees were in full blossom. Here, they said, here was a place famous in past days, for on this spot General Arivara no Narihira lived in companionship with His Royal Highness Prince Koretaka. If the cherry trees never more burst forth in bloom, would be better far for the saddest time of all is the spring when petals fall footnote this verse by arivara no narihira is to be found in the first book of the kokinshu End footnote. and this is the spot where he composed this verse now a certain personage in his delight at the place composed this for a thousand years have these pine-trees lived, their tops rustle as of old. Tis a language drear and strange, and their voice will never change. This also he composed. Still the plum-trees bloom round this dwelling as of old, and in memory of their lord they loved so well, still retain their ancient smell. While these were being recited, they went on rejoicing at getting nearer at the capital. Among all the people thus going up, not one had any children when they left the capital, but some had babies born in the province. Everybody crowded down to the place where the boat stopped to embrace these children, and at the sight of this the mother of that child who is gone could no longer restrain her grief. Many who set forth childless from the capital bring a baby back. One who then a daughter had now returns bereft and sad. With these words she wept. And when the father heard it, what could he do? He wished to make a similar verse, but there was no other subject. For here, as in China, we compose a poem when our hearts are too full of feeling. That evening they stopped at a place called Udono. 17th March, 10th day. There was something wrong and they did not go forward. 18th March, 11th day. Gentle rain was falling, so they remained where they were for a little. Then, on going forward, something came into view into the east across the mountains, which a man, on being asked, said, was the temple of Hachiman, the god of war. On hearing this, they all reverently made obeisance and offered prayers. See, there is Yamasaki Bridge. There was no limit to their delight, and there, opposite the Suo temple, the boat stopped for a little time, while they made their various arrangements. Near the precincts of this temple were many willow-trees, and a certain personage seeing them reflected at the bottom of the river composed this. Looking o'er the stream, imaged on the rippling waves as they come and go, 
hanging willow branches green woven like silk threads are seen nineteenth march twelfth day they remained at yamasaki twentieth march thirteenth day still at yamasaki twenty first march fourteenth day rain fell this day he sent to the capital for a carriage twenty second march fifteenth day this day the carriage arrived owing to the dirt on board he removed from the boat to the house of a friend this friend's house seemed indeed a delightful change and its owner treated him with the greatest kindness so much so that he felt quite sorry for troubling him and tried to make returns in many ways those who entered and left the house too were by no means disagreeable people but cultivated gentlefolk twenty third march sixteenth day that evening as he went up to the capital he saw in the shops at yamazaki the little boxes painted with pictures and the rice cakes twisted into the shape of conch shells just the same as ever and he wondered if the hearts of the shopkeepers also were the same footnote does this hint that tsurayuki had on a former occasion found the shopkeepers not quite honest End footnote. after this on the road to the capital many people and not necessarily his own relations entertained him at shimasaka indeed they were more hospitable on his return than when he set out and in some way or other he would have liked to make some return for it planning to arrive at the capital by night he did not hasten the moon had risen and he crossed the katsura river in bright moonlight everyone said that as this was not the asuka river it was not suddenly change itself to eddies and rapids and a certain personage composed this footnote the asuka river notorious for sudden spates and rapids was as uncertain as its name which read as azuka means who knows what the morrow will bring End footnote neath the moon of heaven flows the river katsura slowly growing old in its depths the moon lies low as it did long long ago footnote a second meaning is that the katsura bush which is supposed to be visible on the face of the moon is growing old but still the moon's reflection in the katsura river remains the same End footnote. he recited this also once katsura's stream seemed to me as far away as the clouds of heaven now while crossing i perceive it has wet my dipping sleeve and again he composed this well i know my heart and the river katsura never were alike yet in depth my heart would seem not unlike the flowing stream these too many verses are due to his excessive pleasure at reaching the capital the night was growing late and some places could not be seen but it was delightful to enter the capital once more on reaching his home and entering his door the moon was so bright that he could see the state of things at a glance needless to say the whole place was hopelessly overgrown and ragged even more than he had been told 
the heart of the man to whom he had entrusted his home must be as waste as it their two houses separated only by a hedge looked as if they were both one so he had hopefully left it in his charge and had never failed to send him a present on every opportunity well that evening he determined he would not speak about it in a loud tone of voice and though he felt very angry he had to make some sort of acknowledgment then again the ground had sunk and was full of water as if it was a pond there was a pine-tree close by and it had overgrown in five or six years as if in a thousand years half its branches were dead and the young growing ones all in confusion almost everything was the same and everybody offered him their sympathy he recalled especially how his little daughter had been born in that house in its beloved interior how sad it was that she had not returned with them the sailors and others were talking loudly as they embraced their children and just then his grief was more than he could bear so to one who sympathized with his feelings he softly whispered this verse never to return to our home where she was born ah how pitiful yet the pine-tree shoots live on though our little girl is gone thus he spoke and if that is not enough here is yet one more could i have endowed with the pine-tree's thousand years one i used to see parted from her never more all my sorrows would be o'er his sorrows which he can never forget are more than he can ever express well well this must be torn up at once End of section 5 End of The Toza Diary by Kino Tsurayuki Translated by William N. Porter Thanks for listening.